0: All right, let me ask you the question. How's your faith project? It's coming along. What do we believe in God for? What are we using our faith on right now? What do we believe in God for? House is sold in Jesus' name. It's sold. Then I can bend my knees all the way from now on. Not both ways, right? Don't. Just one way. <laughs> they're, they're stiff, but they're, they're going to all the way. All right. Amen. Amen. What scriptures are you standing on? I can do all things Amen. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes, ma'am. Acts sixteen thirty-one. Okay. My son. Amen. Acts sixteen thirty-one for your son. Nujde. Amen. Who else? What do you believe in God for? Faith projects. Yes, ma'am. Full time ministry. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? We're using our faith? Gonzalo, what do you believe in God for? There you go. That's right. An anointed drummer. Gonzalo's been up here practicing, doing, working those drums. Amen? Amen. Amen? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Good job. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So each and every one of us, we should be believing God for something. We should be using our faith on something or someone every day. It is not, um, we don't have a choice in the matter. Does that make sense? For us just to live our lives and never develop our faith in God, in anything, um, it, it, it goes against Everything that has to do with covenant, amen. amen? The faith is what connects us to God. It's what connects us to the blessings, amen? It's what connects us to healing. It's what connects us to prosperity. It's our faith, so we all want to be developing it. I've, and I've used this example many times, but it just speaks volumes to me. Michelle and I had the opportunity to go to Kenya many, uh, 20 years ago, and we went into a place called Kasumu, and uh, there was a little Bible school there and a couple would bring in um, different tribes, people from different areas that spoke the different languages. There's different tribes and different languages, different dialects. She would bring them in. She would do like a Bible school with them and then train them up and then send them back to their villages because it's better, it's easier for them because they already know the language, they know the customs. And so she would bring them in for everywhere and she would just say, can you learn to believe God for a bar of soap? And she would start everybody there. Your first faith project in her Bible school was learning how to believe God for just a simple bar of soap. Now, how hard does that sound? Can we all believe God for a bar of soap? That doesn't sound hard, right? You have to start somewhere. You need to start on something. For me, it was an inspection sticker. Who can give me just very, very... What's the last thing you remember, last faith project being completed in your life? Which one? What was it? That you didn't have to use a cane anymore. That you didn't have to use a cane anymore. It's a faith project that you started. You took it all the way through the standing part and you stand. Good. Having done all the stand, stand. (laughs) There's a great pun in there, but you'll get it on the way home, believing the home. Yes, Yolanda? You believe God for a home and you got it. Praise God. Amen. Gonzalo. You got the loan to buy your property. Amen. That was a faith project. Right? Amen. The testimonies are what helps build us. Amen. God's no respecter of persons. So when I hear that God's going to help Jeannie and God's going to help Yolanda and God's going to help Gonzalo, well, uh, we have the same faith, don't we? So then God's going to do that. He's no respecter of persons. Right, Steve? Right? That means that if I believe God and I do the steps of faith, that God's going to answer and do for me the same things that he did for them. He's no respecter of persons. Faith will work for anybody that gets involved with it, as long as they're born again and as long as they're using the word of God. Amen. If you are, you've meet those two criteria, then each and every one of us has the ability to use our faith. And um, I wanted to hit something that I talked a little bit about last week. Um, And before we get going, let's welcome our online audience tonight. Amen. God bless you. We're so glad that you're with us today and tonight at Tuesday Night Bible Study. Get your Bible, get your notebook, take some good notes. There'll be some links about how to find more information about West Houston Christian Center. But we're glad that you're here and we just pray that God ministers to you and uh, that you learn something tonight. That's always our goal is that whenever we come together, especially on Tuesday nights, is we want to learn something, right? How many of us are subject to change? How many of us need change in our lives? Amen. We all are here because we want change. That's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion wants you just to come in, sit, and leave the same way that you came in. Relationship says, I love you just the way that you are and too much to let you stay that way. We're all subject to change. Funny, funny Easter story, okay? So, did I share this on Sunday? No, I probably didn't. So, Michelle was out of town. And um, so for the first time in 23 years, my two older kids were at ORU, and then Michelle and Luke went with Lori and her three kids, and they went to Legoland in Dallas. So they drove up on Friday, my two older kids drove down from Tulsa, and they all met there in Dallas without me, left me at home all by myself. And so for the first time in 23 years, I was alone on a Friday night going into, and a Saturday, which was weird. And so I wanted to get something to eat, and so I went to this barbecue place. And there's two young guys behind the counter, and it was the day before Easter. And I walked in, and we're just talking. I'm like, "Man, you guys, you're gonna go to church tomorrow." And the one guy says, "Man, I, if I if I can get up, if it's not too early, then I'll get up." Well, I looked down at his arm, and on his arm was a tattoo of the entire crucifixion, all three crosses in color. With clouds, lightning, birds, butterflies, he had the entire resurrection story on his arm. But yet, when I asked him if he was going to church that next morning, his answer was, well, if I can get up that morning if I'm not too tired. And I said, that's a picture of religion. Religion is painful, amen, religion is, but that's all that it is, it's just a symbol. There's no relationship to it. Amen. So when I say that we're about change, it's through the relationship with Jesus Christ that's going to bring the change that each and every one of us needs. Amen. So one of the things that we talked about, there were a couple of things that we said that kind of can block our, or how do we know that we're in faith? Do you remember that from last Tuesday? We talked about, and there were three things that I said. The first one was, how do I know that if I'm in faith is there must be corresponding actions to what I'm believing for. Amen. Does everybody understand what that means? If I am believing God for rain, what should I bring with me? An umbrella, right? If I'm believing God for a new car, what should I be doing? I should clean out the garage. Amen. Or I should sow towards it. Or I, Amen. If I'm believing to go to college, then I should actually probably apply to that college. And have the grace to get in. I should have corresponding actions to whatever I'm believing for. Amen? That's how I know that I'm in faith. Um, The story in Matthew about the 10 virgins. There were 10 virgins that were invited to the wedding feast. Amen? But only five acted on what they believed. Ten heard, but only five acted on what they believed. All 10 heard that the bridegroom was coming. All 10 were invited. But only five actually put corresponding actions to what they believed and went and made sure that they had enough oil to last the duration of the time. Right. Everybody believes. The devils even believe. Come on. Just saying that I believe is not enough. It's You have to have corresponding actions to what we're believing for. If I'm believing God for a wife, then I want to make sure that I'm making myself as ready as humanly possible, amen, keeping myself as if I am married, acting as if I am married, amen, confessing, believing, using all those types of things. But what I wanted to also make sure that I didn't take it so far, it's also not by our works that's going to produce what we're believing for. I don't want us to put faith in our faith, put faith in God. Amen? I'm not putting my faith in my works. If I do these works, then God's going to give me what I'm believing for. No, no, now we're turning it into something that we do of ourselves. Does anybody deal with a works mentality sometimes? Amen. If I don't do enough, God's not going to love me. If I'm not perfect, you see what I'm saying? We hold ourselves to the standard of being perfect. We hold ourselves to the standard of like our own self-righteousness. But it's the only way that we're going to get what we're believing for is to have faith in God. Our works should be an outpouring, and uh, I wrote this down. I think it encapsulated it really, really well. It says, our works cannot produce what we're believing for. It comes by grace. Faith creates works... Works perfect faith. I'll say that again. Faith creates works. Works perfect faith. Saving faith is not reciting or confessing an empty claim or creed. Saving faith is that which produces an obedient life. So if I say that I'm a born-again Christian... Then there should be corresponding acts to what I believe. If I say that I'm a believer, then my actions could correspond to what I believed. How many of us, when you had your born again experience, you started living differently? Absolutely. I knew that I knew that I knew that I was born again because I was turned from a taker into a giver. I knew immediately. That I had been born again because something had changed on the inside and my lifestyle began to represent what I believed amen our lifestyle should be a reflection of who we serve and what we believe amen. to say that I'm living in one way to say that I'm a believer but I live contrary to the Word of God that's not corresponding actions to what I believe amen I have to live what I believe. There has to be corresponding actions to it. Does everybody understand that? All right. I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of new material tonight. We won't keep you long. 2 Corinthians 4.13. If you give me just two or three amens and a once in a while a hallelujah, I will go, uh, you know. It's when we pour into the vastness of silence that I start like, okay. Thank you, sound booth. Thank you. Thank you. Second Corinthians 4.13. And it says, there's two times that this, these two verses are used, one by Paul and one by Peter. And I think it was so cool where it came from. And I just actually learned this today. I prayed this this morning. God, show me something new about faith. I'm always asking the Lord, show me something new. And uh, he did. 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Then in 2 Peter 1.1, it says, to those who have obtained like precious faith, with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those two statements are very, very similar. One used by Paul, where he says we have the same spirit of faith, and then one by Peter, who says we have obtained a like precious faith. Both mean the same thing. They both went back to Psalms 116.10. 116.10. And I just want to prove a point to you tonight. 1, 16, 10. And it says, I believed, therefore have I spoken, I was greatly afflicted. I believed, therefore have I spoken, I was greatly afflicted. Out of the Amplified it says, I believed, trusted in, relied on, and clung to my God. And therefore have I spoken, even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. So Paul and Peter both had a very, very, um, Paul was dealing with persecution. And I think Peter was also. And they both needed something to build their faith in that area. So they both went back to Psalms 116. And if you read Psalm 116, whoever wrote it, and I don't know who wrote it. But it is somebody that God saved out of deep despair or some sort of terminal illness. They needed faith in this area, so where did both Paul and Peter go to build their faith? They went to the Word. They did the exact same thing that you and I have to do on a daily basis. Just because it was Peter, just because it was Paul, didn't give them a free ride in the things of God. They both, just like us, had to go into the Word for themselves, find Scripture that was corresponding to what they were dealing with, and draw faith out of it in order to get out of that situation. So none of us are exempt. Come on. None of us are exempt. They had Nobody got a free ride in the things of faith. Our faith... I'll I'll read it to you the way that I wrote it down. Your faith project of today is being fueled by the same faith of the prophets of old. Your faith project today is being fueled by the same faith of the prophets of old. It's not Madeline's faith and Steve's faith and my faith and my parents' faith. It's Jesus' faith. It's the faith that God gave us when we got born again. It's the same faith that was in David. It's the same faith that killed Goliath. Do you know that in you right now is the same faith that Moses used to cross the the Dead Sea, to part the Red Sea? Did you know that in you right now is the same faith that David used to kill Goliath? Did you know that in you right now is the same faith that Jesus used to heal a blind man? Did you know that in you right now is the same faith that Jonah used to live inside a whale for three days? Inside of you, I want you to get a picture of just how big God is inside of you tonight. The same faith that was in Paul is in you. The same faith that's in Jesus is in you. The same faith that's in Peter, the same faith that's in Samson, the same faith that's in anybody in the heroes of faith is in you right now, waiting to be tapped on, waiting to be used. But because for whatever reason, we look at ourselves sometimes as insignificant. We look at ourselves as not being worthy. We look at ourselves as, well, I don't do enough to deserve. God did not put any stipulations on the faith that he gave you in that measure of faith. Nowhere in the word measure of faith does it say according to how good they are. Nowhere in that Bible does it say according to how they feel that day. The same faith that this Bible is full of is in you right now, waiting to be released, waiting to be spoken, waiting to be believed on. But let's answer some of the the common questions. Well, why hasn't it happened yet, Pastor? Anybody ever asked Why? Only one hand. Only one person's ever asked why is why something hasn't happened yet. That's normal and natural. You, you ready for the answer? Yeah. It's going to take as long as it takes. There you go. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Enjoy. It's going to take as long as it takes, and no one can tell you how long that's going to be or how short it's going to be. It's going to take as long as it takes. Some things take a long time. Some things when you're dealing with other people, like the thing with healing tonight. Do you realize that healing is just something that we can go right to God with one-on-one? I don't have to go to my mom to get to God for healing. I can go to her for my agreement, but it doesn't involve anybody else. I can go to God right here, right now, anytime, when I need healing. But when it comes to finances, it involves the obedience of more than one person. God doesn't have a money making machine in heaven. He doesn't make it He doesn't make it rain. So then what's it take? It takes somebody on this sin asking and it takes somebody on this sin being obedient to do what they're told. That's sometimes why it takes longer than it should because you're still dealing with will and obedience. I'm believing, I'm asking, I'm standing, I'm thanking you, Lord. Well, over here, how many times has God told us to do something and we wrestled with it? God said, give something, and we were like, was that really you, Lord? We're so funny. We pray, oh, God, use me. Oh, God, I want to be a vessel in your hand. Oh, God, let me, you know, today, today. And he says, okay, give $20 to that person. Lord, was that, was that really you? Lord, if you'll just give me an unction, if you'll just give me a little tingle, you know, and all of a sudden, right, we're not obedient, and, but when we're believing God for finances, we want the person that God's speaking to to be obedient, right? We need it now. So we need to sow what we want to receive. I need to be obedient to move when God tells me to move. When God says bless, bless. Amen? Amen because that's what I want to receive what I'm in need, I want to need. I want that need met then. I don't want to wait too long. So, when it comes to finances, you're dealing with obedience. When it comes to spouses and those types of things, believing God for a husband and a wife, it's a good thing. But you're still dealing with the free will of two people. Amen. Amen? <clears throat> when Jack was born, he was born 6 weeks early, my my middle son, and uh They wanted to immediately take him down to the um, emergency downtown, to to the level one um, ICU. Um, But they were like, okay, we're just going to put him in this incubator. And the lady kept telling me, we just need to cook him a little bit longer. He's still a little squishy on the inside, you know. And so Jack stayed in that incubator for a couple of weeks until... His internal organs and everything filled out. And if you'd know to Jay, you'd never know that there was an issue with Jack. He eats everything, everything. He's coming home in like eight days. (laughs) I don't know why I said all that, but it was really good. No, but sometimes our faith projects, they need to be cooked. They need to be cooked a little bit longer. Amen. They're still a little squishy on the inside. And we didn't want to take Jack home in that condition because it would have been hazardous for him and for us. Amen? So your faith project, you want to make sure that it's cooked all the way through. Amen? You don't want a half-baked faith project. Amen? I want it all the way cooked, baked, filleted with, you know, applesauce, the whole nine yards. I want it complete and total. I don't want something that's only halfway done. So how long is your faith project going to take? It's going to take as long as it takes. And I wish I could tell you, for you it'll be a week, for others it's two weeks. There's some stuff that's going to take almost a lifetime. If you look at Hebrews, there were people who died in faith, never seeing. We'll have to teach on that sometimes. But they died in faith and didn't see what they were believing for. But if you're going to die, how do you want to die? In faith. Amen. So, both Paul and both Peter both had to go to the Word for themselves took word out of the Old Testament, I believed and therefore we spoke and used it, drew faith out of it to change the situation that they were in at that time. The best definition of faith, I think, comes out of Colossians 1.1 1, 1, out of the Amplified. And it says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the leaning of your entire human personality on Him. An absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, and His goodness. That's out of the Amplified Colossians one one. I'll read that again. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the leaning of your entire human personality on Him, an absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, and His goodness. Second Corinthians four sixteen says therefore if we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day so how many of you know what outward man means thank you sandra she just tapped her arm if you can see it it's your outward man amen what about your inward man what's your inward man that's your heart and your lungs and your kidneys no, that's the inner you, amen? That's the inner you. So our outward man is perishing every day, but every day our inner man is being renewed. Every day, as much as we fight it, as much as we moisturize it, as much as we do all that we can, yes, our bodies every day are decaying just a little bit more, amen? That's just the... the, the The average life of the body, amen? It's got a shelf life to it, amen? My parents' refrigerator, there are things in there that have shelf lives to them. And we've found through inspection that there are many things in the refrigerator. When all your sons leave, that expiration dates mean nothing anymore in the refrigerator. Like, Mom, this is from 07 that's in there. No. They haven't. Yeah, they have an expiration date. Well, guess what? Our bodies have an expiration date. Amen? 120 years is what the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, 120 years. But our inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen? And so I looked up what that means to be renewed day by day, and it took me to a very famous passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter forty uh, beginning in verse thirty one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall what? shall renew their strength so when you go back to 2 Corinthians 4:16 and it says our inward man is being renewed day by day it's the same meaning but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint that word simply to wait means those that wait upon the Lord means to wait for to look for to expect And to hope, waiting, hopefully. Amen. In other words, for us to use the expression, I'm waiting on the Lord, that is a picture of expectancy, which is a picture of faith. When we are waiting on the Lord, I'm not just waiting around aimlessly for God to do something. No, no, I'm waiting on Him because Him and I are in this agreement together, and I'm waiting... Patiently for Him to bring to fruition whatever it is that I'm believing for. Amen? When it says, I'm renewed day by day, the more faith, you know what? The happiest people I've ever met are people that walk and live by faith. Because you're spending time with God because in order for your faith to grow, in order for your faith to be effectual, in order for your faith to work, you have to spend time in the Word and with God on a regular basis. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've never met anybody that spent quality time with God that was depressed, that was anxious, that was worried. Not that we don't get tempted with those things once in a while, but I'm saying just as a stated way of life, you get into the Word, like I'll spend two or three hours in the Word, and it's like, I just feel so refreshed sometimes. Amen? Because God's showing me something about Himself from His Word. That's priceless amen there's think about that God the maker of the universe took time to sit down with you this morning and reveal himself through some scriptures to you so that you could know him that much more there's no greater honor in the whole world than for have God to take time to speak to us and impart into us through his word so when I go into his word I'm going into his word on purpose I'm like, God, show me something. Can I just be real transparent with you? I've been teaching faith now for three years. Well, I appreciate that, that it never gets old. But I start, well, Lord, should we be doing something else on Tuesday nights? You know, there's a billion other things that we could preach and teach on. Amen. There's there's so many great things, but this is just kind of where we are. Amen. Amen. I want to see, I want to see your visions and your dreams come true. Amen. I want you to run in the door. It manifested, Lord. Yes. I want Jeannie to run in the I want need to run around the sanctuary. Yes. Amen. Amen. I want to see you run around the sanctuary. I want to see the things. There's confessions that we as a staff make every single day of things that we're believing for. I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but. We really have to start looking through the eyes of faith. Yes. This is kind of where I'm going tonight and where I want to end up. But you know, when we come into a sanctuary sometimes and it's Tuesday night and you got all these chairs and there's, I, by faith now, I see every chair in this place full. Amen. Amen. When I'm in worship, this place has got 200 people in it. You, I am seeing it first here, then I'm going it's going to manifest out here. Now, we're not just believing for people just to fill seats. We're believing for specific people that were raised and under this type of teaching. These types of churches aren't as regular as they used to be that teach the word of faith. They're just not. And so there are people that have been raised on this message that maybe are looking for a church that preaches it. That's who we're looking for. We're looking for those people that want to get born again and saved. That's why we did our evangelism on Saturday. We went into an apartment complex, didn't know a soul. And we went in there with one reason and one reason only. We want to get people born again. That is our passion. That's what we're about at West Houston Christian Center, seeing people get born again. We had a family show up Sunday morning that came out of that outreach. It was worth every moment of it. Amen? It was worth every moment of it. And so I said all that to say this. Faith is not the only message, but it is the connection to all the other messages that there are. We can talk about righteousness, but you're not going to know you're righteous unless you do it by faith. I can't talk to you about giving unless I talk to you about faith, healing by faith. Faith is what connects us to everything. You want to talk about the blessing? I would love to talk about the blessing, but there's only one way that you can get it, by faith. If you don't believe that you're worthy enough to receive God's best, then you never will. If you don't believe you're smart enough, if you believe that there's some sort of limitation, see, the Bible takes away all limitations. It makes us all evil. uh, Evil, not evil. Equal. (laughs) It makes us all equal in His sight. Amen? Amen. The Bible is the great equalizer. It makes us all equal in His sight. It'll work for anybody that gets involved with it. Amen? Amen? So... When we're renewing, when it says waiting on the Lord, I'm not just waiting on the Lord, tick, 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 like I'm waiting on a bus. No, there there is involved in that word an expectancy. It also says in Psalm 61, my soul waits silently on God alone, for my expectation is from Him. I want to start looking at everything and everybody through the eyes of faith. I don't want to see you as you anymore. I want to see you through the eyes of faith. I want to see this this place is filled on a regular basis. Amen? I see us with our vehicle going out and doing these evangelism outreaches. Amen? I see us. I see that. I see it. I see it in Jesus' name. I see us. I see us right now. We're kind of growing this team. We're kind of learning how to do it. We're getting to know each other as we go out and do these one-off evangelisms. But I see it. I see it where we're going in the spirit. But you can only do that by faith. You've got to see more than what you can see. We were never made to live just out of what we can see out of our five physical senses. We have to have the eye of faith to see what God sees. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Say this with me. If you can see it, it's subject to change. If I can see it, it's subject to change. Do you realize what you've just been empowered to do? You now have faith to change your world. The world that you see, you now have faith to change it. If I can see it, Buster Brown, it's subject to change. When I see my wallet, I don't see my wallet empty, I see it full. Wallet, you are subject to change. When I see my house, I don't see that it needs repair and disarray. No, 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 house, you are subject to change. And by faith, I have everything I need to do, everything that I'm called to do. By faith, I'm not waiting to be healed. No, no, no. Through the eye of faith, I see myself healed now. I'm not waiting to see myself healed till I'm healed. No, no, I'm healed now. You have to start seeing the way that God sees. Amen? When you have kids that are acting up, when they're older and they're running away Don't see your kids as the one running away and rebelling. See them on the front row with their arms raised, worshiping and praising God. See them through the eyes of faith. See Newsday through the eyes of faith. Don't look at him through the eyes of Madeline. You got to get up higher. We got to think higher. We got to look higher. We got to see what God sees. God sees faith. Amen? I want to see what God sees. We are to use our faith to change the world around us and not be limited by it. We're to use our faith to change the world around us and not be limited by it. Why do we let the world limit us and tell us what we can have and what we can't have? What I can afford and what I can't afford? Where I can live and where I can't live? Who made those rules? By faith, I've seen shepherds turn into kings. By faith, I've seen normal men do enormous feats of strength. By faith, I've seen men part seas, raise the dead. Do you realize that a life of faith is a life without limits or limitations? And all I'm asking you tonight is can you believe God for a bar soap? It all starts right there. Where can you get in and what are you willing to start using your faith on to get to that point where your faith is at such a level when God says go, you're not worried about money, you're not worried about what people say about you, you're not worried about, you're not worried about anything. You just, you hear the word go and you go. That's where God wants to get us. But can you believe God tonight for a bar soap? And you need to ask yourself, Lord, what is it? Where can I start right here, right now? And if you don't have any projects, I got about 50. I'll give you some of mine. You can start there. Amen? If you're going to put your kids in college, you need to be using your faith right now. You need to be sowing, standing, and believing now. Don't wait till they're a junior in high school to start thinking, well, you know, they want to go to college and let me see what I have. It'll never happen. You have to be thinking about it now. Faith wants to have you prepared for all the things that you don't know are going to happen tomorrow. Amen? You want to be prepared. Faith is the prepared life. Amen? Faith will always have you prepared for whatever's coming. Car breaks down? No problem. I'm either going to believe God and have the finances to get it fixed, or he's going to have me lay hands on it, and we're going to fix it right here and now. I heard Dr. Savell tell a story, and I've never heard him tell it before, about a night when he was driving between Tulsa and Fort Worth, and he drove over something, put a hole in his gas tank. All of a sudden, all the gas started leaking out. His two babies are asleep in the car. This is not cell phones. I mean, this is back in the 70s. They're on a two-lane highway. He's got his kids in the car. There's no gas in the car and has to repair it. Gets out of the car. A truck comes along, he waves it down. He tells him what the truck driver what he needs and the truck driver makes this statement. That's what I was sent for. Truck driver takes him to a garage, opens up the garage, puts the car in the garage, fixes the car, fills it up with gas, won't take any money for it, Brother Jerry leaves, comes back weeks later to thank the guy. The gas station has been closed for years and never been opened. It was an angel that fixed his car. So I don't care how God does it. But I only know those types of things only happen in the the realm of faith. Amen? Where we are believing God. See, we need to be what we're believing for. I constantly want to be in a state of believing because that puts me in that place for miracles too. I'm drawing those things. Your faith is drawing everything good to you from God. Your fear is driving everything away from you from God. Your faith is drawing it nearer and nearer and that's why it's so important to speak it and to speak it and to speak it and to speak it and to speak it. it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. That is so deep in me, I can't get away from it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. That means that they don't have to die and me get an inheritance in order for me to be blessed. There's no sorrow involved with it. Amen? So, I want to really start concentrating on looking at every situation that I'm in through the eye of faith. Amen? Every situation. Can you handle a few more minutes? 2 Corinthians 5-7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? For we walk by faith not by sight. Faith Chooses to believe God's word above the evidence of senses, knowing natural circumstances are to be kept subject to the word of God. Faith chooses to believe God's word above the evidence of your senses, to really say that I walk by faith and not by sight. Do you remember last week I said that God doesn't just act upon the words of the things that I'm confessing for what I'm believing for? God's acting on the sum total of all the words that I speak all day long. I can't just pick and choose to say that I'm going to speak the word over this situation, but totally let my words go over all these other situations. God is using the sum total of all of our words. Amen. They should all be filled with faith. Whatever I'm saying and whoever I'm saying it to. Amen. I want to be saturated. I want to make sure that I have faith in everything and everything that I'm saying. And so, um, I want to get to the point of that saturation where even when I look at a circumstance, I see faith. You know, when we get a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning, how many of you think, hey, I just won the lottery? What's our first reaction? Something happened. I have to respond to that. I have to look and listen to that call through the eye of faith. Amen? doesn't matter what the circumstance did you hear the story about the, the young man that got thrown off of the third floor balcony in Minnesota uh, a man was there was distraught that ladies that were rejecting him and for whatever reason thought he would pick up a child and throw him off the third floor of the Mall of America or whatever well he was in Matt Cammon's church the family and uh, third floor and uh, the young man Um, they checked him today and they said it's as if he just fell off his bike. He said the injuries, they did an MRI and everything, he's going to be totally fine. Amen. 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 Totally fine, totally fine. But the mother, they were saturated in the word. And the minute they heard it and saw it, she immediately started speaking the word and immediately started shutting up everybody around her. Don't say a word, just pray. Don't say a word, just pray. Don't say a word, just pray. And immediately started stopping the negative words and speaking the word only over this young man, and he's going to be totally fine. Amen? Do the eye of faith. Faith does not deny a fact in a situation, but instead acts on the word to overcome it. Faith does not deny a fact in a situation, but instead it acts on the word to overcome it. And I know we've talked about this, and I'll end with this. There are some things. Something happens to us in a doctor. You go to a doctor and he gives you some facts. Your blood work says X, Y, Z. Those are the facts. What I believe is that the truth of God is greater. If I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight, then I'm going to put more faith in what I can't see, which is the power of the word, than what I can see, which is the written down word of of a man. So I'm going to say that the word of God, amen, supersedes a fact the truth always supersedes a fact it's always on a higher level amen so when i'm speaking the truth when i'm walking by faith and not by sight i am walking in the truth and in the light of god's word not in the facts of it there's a lot of people that have a lot of facts about the bible they know a lot of bible but they don't know the truth of the word because they're not applying it where they're using it where it's actually supposed to to benefit us and help us Amen. So I walk by faith, walk by faith. And, not by and not by sight. I'll end with one more scripture. Um, Acts 14:9. Acts fourteen nine. Oh, let's start in verse eight. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, "Stand upright on thy feet!" And he leaped and he walked so as paul is preaching this young man who's never walked is listening to what paul preached somehow paul saw that this man had faith to be healed what did he see was there little flags that came out of his eyes and says ready was it like the the turkey you know like when it's done did it you know did it pop up the man's heart shone the man's heart shone out his faith the man's heart got so full of what paul was preaching that it shined out of his heart and came out of his face where paul could recognize through the eye of faith that this man was now ready to be healed i wonder what paul was preaching would you like, to know what, that had to have been healing because the guy was crippled, right? Had to be talking about healing or something because this guy's faith got to such a level that Paul's spirit man perceived and looked at him and said, that guy's ready to be healed right now. And all he said was, jump up. And the guy jumped up and he was healed instantly because his heart was full of faith. Amen. We need to start looking at each other through the eyes of faith. Folks, this is why we preach and teach so much. I wish we could just lay hands on people and that would be it. But if you don't have the teaching and the faith to receive hands being laid on you, then you're just going to be back every week with the same issues. That's why in prayer lines, some of the same people, they come up every week for the same problem. Well, why is that? Because you're hoping that there's some sort of spiritual magic wand that we can wave over you, And it just doesn't work that way. We're going to give you what we have by faith, but it has to be received by faith unless the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. Does that make sense? So, look at somebody right now. Look them in the eye. Look them in the eye. Say, I see you through the eyes of faith. Now wink at them. Amen. You can stand up.